USA has lost two consecutive exhibition games. Should they fret? This and more on Pavement Sweat. Another good rhyme from Trip Carrington, and I'm joined by my colleague... Ryan Hinsky. That was Ryan, and he's going to recap the finals for you really quick, just to get started. Yes. Go ahead, Ryan. Welcome to episode three. Uh, the last week, there's been a lot been going down. Oh. Game one, two, and three of the finals have all occurred, and game four is tonight. So a little it's, recap for all of you. It's five o'clock. When does it start? At nine? I think it's eight tonight, or eight thirty. I hope because it it's is. on the eastern. They side. don't care about us at all. They no. they take so long. Gosh, I, man. Yeah, I hate it, the no, it actually games. makes me upset because <laughs> like I'm a busy man, believe it or not. And I, I don't have time to stay up, but I do it anyway because I have a deep, intrinsic love for yeah. the game. But anyway, talk about the first three games of the finals All for right. us. So, if you haven't been paying attention, which, understandable. We you get know, it. We're busy You're a people. busy man, too. I'm a busy man as well. Or a woman. Game yeah. one. Whatever. Suns. Oh, I thought you were talking to me. You were talking to the fans. Hey, guys. Yeah. Uh, Suns 118, Bucks 105. CP3 had 32 and had 9 assists. He was 12 of 19 and 4 from 7 from 3. Ayton had 22 and 19. Booker had 27. But hey, don't fool yourself. He was 8 for 21. Yeah. 1 for 8 from 3. He did have 6 assists, but come on now. Remind, let's remind, <laughs> just a quick reminder to all the viewers that last episode we extensively talked about how ineffective Devin Booker And angry Booker makes us. Yeah, he makes me mad. I shake my fist. So the shooting was pretty similar, but uh, they were not, the Bucks were 9 for 16 from the line and had 14 turnovers. Oh. The third quarter was the big problem. The Bucks got down 20, and they never were able to really come back from that. Game 2, the Suns won by 10. It was pretty similar, 118 to 108 instead of 118 to 105. It was a similar scoreboard, but for different reasons. The main thing was threes. The Suns were 50% and the Bucks were 29% from three. Is that good? No. No. Booker <laughs> played 44 minutes and had a much better game. He was 31, 6, and 5. He was 12 for 25 and 7 from 12 from three, but still was pretty efficient. I think he had a some low advanced stats. Um, he had a 62% true shooting. Okay. All yeah, right. Which is good. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Game three, Suns 100, Bucks 120. But it was actually closer contested than you would think by looking at the original score because midway through the fourth quarter, the Bucks kind of put in some of their reserves, and the Suns did too. And, and every time the Suns won. put in Frank Kaminsky, he throws up all over the court. He's <laughs> so bad. Oh, my God. No Suns scored up to 20 in game three. Granted, most of them are subbed out midway through the fourth. Giannis. 41 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, 14 of 23. And in game two, he scored 43 and 12. And he had three blocks. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention in game two, the second quarter, the Bucks scored 16, the Suns scored 30. Oh. And the Bucks never came back from that. And also, game two, that was a game that infuriated everybody that cares about the Bucks because Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday were absolutely atrocious. Atrocious. Chris Middleton no help. shot 5 for 16. That's mm. a 31% clip. And yes. Drew Holiday was at 33%. And that's just awful for Giannis because he had such a beautiful, majestic performance. Mm -hmm. The Greek freak himself, and he had no help whatsoever. That's right. That was a game that the Bucks easily could have stolen on the road, and they just could not deliver. Yeah. I've heard a lot of a uh, media talking about how the Suns just had an off shooting night, but I disagree with that. The Suns were actually 60% from two. They were 29% from three, but they didn't shoot too many threes. 
But I think the Bucks won this game. A lot, a lot of it had to do with the Bucks shooting well at the line. They shot 20 for 26. And if you've been paying attention, the Bucks are historically bad at shooting free throws. So I liked that from them. They also had uh, 13 more re- – oh, wait, sorry. That's 11 more rebounds than the Suns. Sorry about that. And six less turnovers than the Suns. They also had eight steals. Uh, so what jumps it's out two to, to me one. is that the this Bucks out-rebounded the Suns big time, too. They – 30% offensive rebound percentage to the Suns, 15%, which is, you know, obviously a 100% difference. And, yeah, it has nothing to do with shooting. The Bucks were only 2% higher in effective field goal percentage, so something else occurred, which is a good sign for the Bucks. And, you know, I predicted that the Suns would easily win the series. But you're talking about the Bucks won a game, and it didn't have to do with an off-shooting night. So something no. has changed and yeah. it's not just chance like his their name game plan is, is Giannis well, yeah well <laughs> he's been here all all series yep so so I, we're gonna talk about so far finals MVP and also like kind of predicting what the finals MVP will be not really predicting but giving our opinions about who it should be yeah I'm gonna give my initial opinion then I'm gonna pass it over to you before I give my case I think if things continue the way they're going the Suns will win in six or seven probably six but I think Giannis should win Finals MVP. I know this is crazy, but it's happened once in NBA history. I'll talk about it later. But Giannis should win Finals MVP if No Son has some crazy tour game three, uh, tour three game stretch, crazy stretch. I think Giannis will continue to average over thirty five and finish the series the loser, but be the most valuable player for either team. That's a tough pill for me to swallow. I know it is. As a LeBron, I'll get to it later. Yeah, as a LeBron <laughs> fan. 2018 who, or well 2018 Definitely and 2015 sh- yeah I were know. years where lebron lost in the finals and i was somebody who thought yes. that he should have at Absolutely. least even a little bit closer to winning finals mvp but if he didn't do it i just can't see mm-hmm. anybody yeah, else losing that. but uh my finals that's MVP, my opinion yeah of course <laughs> you know what ryan you're entitled to your own opinion that's it doesn't the, mean i think they're gonna vote for him but yeah I, oh they're yeah. absolutely not yeah no <laughs> They, they will never yeah. give it to us. We have some controversial opinions here on Pavement Sweat. And Let's that's what makes us different. Though. We have our quirks, and that's a beautiful thing, ladies it is. and gentlemen. But my finals MVP, and I agree with you, I think, you know me, I've been riding the Suns all year. I think the Suns are going to win this series, maybe in five games. I don't know if the Bucks are going to take another game. And I think that the finals MVP, if it were to end today, would okay. be DeAndre Aiden. I actually think Chris Paul is going to take home the award because of He's older. Voters are going to love his story. The narrative is completely on Chris Paul's side. But I believe that through three games, the most valuable player has been DeAndre Ayton. And if you need any evidence, all you have to do is look at the game that the Bucks won, actually, because DeAndre Ayton got into foul trouble early. He only played 24 minutes, mm-hmm. and that allowed the Bucks to capitalize inside. Like I That's said, true. every yeah. time Frank Kaminsky comes into the game, Yikes! the Bucks dominate, and mm-hmm. he was in the game a lot the more Giannis than usual. The Giannis and Lopez duo. Exactly. Yeah. The Bucks have way too much size for Frank Kaminsky to handle. <laughs> so... Uh, Aiton being out because of foul trouble, I-, I think, is the reason why the Suns lost the game. The Bucks were able to capitalize on that. And for that reason alone, basically, I think DeAndre Aiton is the most valuable player on the court, especially for this matchup. But to look at the stats a little bit, Aiton is averaging 16.7 points per game, which is a pretty low number for a potential Finals MVP candidate. 
but he's only eight points per really game. Really great for his role. Oh, absolutely. Because, I mean, he shoots 64.5% from the field. You can't really get much better than wow. that. 13 rebounds per game, two steals as a center, and when he gets to the free throw line, 90.9%. That's hard to beat for a, a traditional center, especially. And like I said, his defensive impact, which isn't really Measured demonstrated enough. by statistics, yeah. his and defensive impact is the reason why the Suns are able to, well, not contain Giannis, but limit his impact on the game. Because Giannis is going to put up numbers no matter That's what. That's true. So if Aiton is in the game guarding Giannis, that takes away. They can away. get that little edge to win the game. Yeah, and the Bucks yeah. have to rely on Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. and Which time, hasn't worked. Yeah, history has shown that Since round that, two, that's it hasn't not going to work. <laughs> so for that reason, I believe, and I would love it, if DeAndre Aiton, a third-year former number one overall pick, consistently underrated player yeah. won finals MVP. Although I do believe that Chris Paul is going to take home the award because he's older and he also deserves it. I think both players have a great case, and Chris Paul, for his entire career, it's almost worth it to give it to him no matter what. That's why what. I love these finals. I'm comfortable with everyone except Devin Booker winning yeah. the finals MVP. <laughs> because I'm fine with any of that. The writing was on the wall. If you were a uh, faithful Pavement Sweat listener, you Oof. know that Devin Booker has been struggling all playoffs, and we predicted that that would continue, and boy, through three games, <laughs> we were right. He is currently shooting 38.3% from the floor. Very reminiscent of the conference finals. Yeah, and he's actually a little bit more efficient. A little bit better. He's at 51.1% true shooting, and if you guys remember, he was like 48% in the conference finals, which is both numbers are not good. But Devin Mm. Booker is not filling his role, which is literally all he has to do is score. And he's he's a good playmaker. You say whatever you want, but he can't defend. So when he's on the court... You're going to struggle defensively against other wing players. It's a miracle that Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday have struggled so much from the floor because nobody good is guarding them. They've got right. Devin Booker on them. That's so right. it's a miracle for the Suns that they've gotten away with that. And Devin Booker, all he has to do is get the ball through the hoop, and he has been struggling. Mm-hmm. But it's masked by Chris Paul and DeAndre Oh, Aiden my goodness gracious. Playing their roles to a T. Booker and Kaminsky. Oh my gosh. (laughs) The reason why Kaminsky has been um, basically exposed so much in this series is because of, of, you know, it's not, I mean, it is his fault for not being good, but Dario Saric (laughs) went down with a torn ACL. They're having trouble splitting minutes between the big men when Aiton is in foul trouble or off the court. Yeah, because if Aiton, and you know Monty Williams is going to come back with a way to keep Aiton out of... He, Aiton's probably not going to guard Giannis for the majority of Game 4, just so that and he can stay And they're fine with in. that, because he needs those minutes. Yeah, they need those minutes. Chris Paul and Aiton's two-man game is arguably best in the league. Mm-hmm. So, Behind, well, I mean, Jared you, Allen and Colin Sexton. Oh, <laughs> Oh, no. But, yeah, <laughs> arguably best in the league. So, you know, I don't see the Bucks taking yeah. another game. But, okay, well, let's take... Everyone here, all of us together, all of us friends, Let's we're going we're gonna to go friends. back to 1969. Okay, sure. Some of us might remember. I certainly do. Because let me ask you, Ryan, <laughs> a losing player winning the finals MVP, when has that ever happened before? Oh, let me tell you something, man. It happened in 1969. Wow. With 
those of you who don't know, the logo of the NBA is Jerry West. It's an outline of Jerry West, which he doesn't much like, but... Yeah, he complains about that. Yes, he does. They should change it to Kobe. I'm going to go on the record and say I agree with that. Yeah, they should change um, it. He embodies the, the nature of sports yeah. and winning, and I would love that if they did that. Um, they should have done it sooner, but, you know, we'll see. Um, it was the Lakers versus the Celtics. And the Celtics were the most dominant team of all time in the NBA. They won 11 of 13 finals from 1957 to 1969. So this was the last, the very last finals that they won of their dominant era. So the Celtics won by two in Game 7, but Jerry West still won the finals MVP. In Game 1, he scored 53, had 10 assists, and they won. Game 2, he had 41 and 8, and they won. In Game 3, he was 24-6, and six, so that was his worst game, kind of reminiscent of Game 1, where Giannis only had 20 points. Game 4, he scored 40, while the rest of his teammates scored 48 total. Oh. And they lost because of the teammates' poor shooting, kind of like Game 2. Um, game 5, he had 39-9, and nine, and they won. He scored 26 and a loss in Game 6. In Game 7, he had 42, 12 assists, and 13 rebounds, but his team still lost by 2. Here's a really fun fact. Both John Havlicek and Bill Russell played every single minute in that finals. Every minute. Wow. In seven games. Every single... That would never happen today. No. Two it, players on the same team. Especially every when Mike minute. Budenholzer is a coach. When I saw that, I was looking at minutes per game, and I was like, 48.0. Yeah, that, that can't be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, Bill Russell was historically terrible in this series, but I'm not even going to get into that. Really? I yeah. Look at you. So I compared West's finals to Giannis's so far because I believe that Giannis will continue to average the same amount of stats that he is right now. West had 37.9 points per game. Giannis had, has 34.3. Those are both ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, West, 7.4 assists per game. Giannis, 4.7, which is very good for Giannis to have more than four assists per game. West, 4.7 rebounds per game. Giannis, 14. We know West isn't going to get a lot of rebounds. He was a point guard. Giannis, 14 rebounds per game is even higher than Aiton's, which kind of surprises me. West played 43.9 minutes per game. Giannis is playing 37.7. I think this is Budenholzer's fault. I'm pretty mad at Budenholzer for not playing Giannis enough. I mean, he never does. But for Giannis to put those numbers up in 37.7 minutes per game, I mean, that's almost a point per minute, which is crazy. And Giannis is 62.5% from the field. And that's not even true shooting or effective field goal percentage. That's just the base stat. 62.5% field goal percentage to West 49%. So that's really crazy. It's hard to collect more stats because of the simplicity of stats in 1969. Yeah, no three-point line even. Right, but Giannis's series is very reminiscent of Jerry West in the sense that his numbers are absurd while his teammate is doing nothing about it. I know this decision has a lot to do with the opponent, so keeping these stats in mind, let's look at the Suns and Celtics leading players um, from now and back in the day. So, like, who would win the Finals MVP right now? And it would be it, it was a uh, it would have been Havlicek back then. It would have been CP3 now or um, Aiden. But yeah, it would yeah. But the voter like yeah, you said the earlier, voters are going to vote- go for CP3. So I'm going for who the voters would go right now. So Havlicek 28.3 points per game, CP3 24.7. Obviously CP3 has 8.7 assists per game. Havlicek's 4.4. Obviously Havlicek more rebounds and CP3 also has 37.7 minutes per game. But obviously CP3's load isn't as big as Giannis because he's a bit older and even though he means a lot to the team, he can't really play over 40. 
And then his field goal percentage is 56.6. So that's really great. But it's pretty similar for Havlicek and CP3. CP3 was obviously a lot, a little bit better than Havlicek's series. But for Havlicek to not win the uh, finals MVP was kind of surprising back then. But I believe that, that Giannis's stats are that much better. And Giannis means that much more to his team. Just because... But let me get to something else. I believe that this path will continue. Giannis will continue to dominate. Although the Suns will win, Giannis's stats will mean more to the series than CP3s or Aitons because Giannis's stats are going to push this series for to from more than a sweep. sweep. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's so tough. But that's again the beauty of the Suns. They yeah. have so many exactly. e- equally yeah. valuable pieces to the team. Uh, just. Meaning that the team has, obviously has chemistry and some several valuable pieces. That there's not that one player that is so overly valuable. So we're talking about Finals MVP. You know, it's so hard between CP3 and uh, it's kind of like little history lesson. Other history. Go ahead. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt joined the oh my uh, God. the uh, the the uh, what is it, election so that Taft could lose. And Woodrow Wilson could win. It's kind of like that. It's like Aiton and CP3 are playing so well that they're taking stats away from each other. That's not a bad thing. Yeah, but no. they're Giannis is is dominating for his team. So that's my conclusion on that. It's a lot to take in, but comparing it to West, it's so reminiscent of West run. And if it goes down to six or seven, I think that he's deserving of it, whether he wins it or not. I'm happy either way, but I think that if things continue, he is deserving of the finals MVP. I think the difference between that series in 69 and the series today, and we're going to see, obviously we don't know yet, but the Celtics beat the Lakers in seven. Right. You don't think it'll go to seven? I don't think it'll go to seven. And in that seventh game where the finals MVP is decided right yeah. at, uh, directly after that game. The Lakers lost in a two-point loss yeah, yeah. and where the, uh, they had the lead by 15 points going into the fourth quarter, and they blew the lead to yeah. the Lakers or to the Celtics. Jerry West played all 48 minutes. He had 42 points, 12 assists, and 13 rebounds. Mm-hmm. To do that in a game seven where your team blows the lead away in the fourth quarter, it's hard not to give you the finals MVP. And also having the 41, the yeah, 53. Yeah. Those, yeah, and he yeah. had a 40-point triple-double, which is way more rare yeah. then. And he played all 48 minutes. So And not just a base uh, triple-double, 12 assists, 13 rebounds. I mean, that's yeah. just ridiculous. So I, I, I can see that that would be harder to not it would be. West. I don't think I did consider that. Because Giannis, I mean... No taking away from him. I believe that Giannis is the best player in the NBA. I really believe mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But to give the finals MVP to a player that loses, especially if they lose in five, you know, even if they lose in six, and even if they lose in seven, if it's not a close game, I, I just think it's impossible to give it to him, given yeah. that. And I know that there's no statistical outright leader for the Suns, but Chris Paul's impact beyond the box score oh, yeah. is so... But that's not what voters... I know that's not what voters really give out, but I just I wish they would. Yeah, Chris Paul, he is gonna win it though. Mm-hmm. He's gonna win. Okay, yeah. I and so I just think you know if this continues and the Bucks kind of keep it close, maybe they win tonight and maybe it goes to six. Who if knows? it goes to seven games and it's a close game seven and Giannis plays as well yeah. as he had, I will. Okay. Open my arms. Making up history to your argument. Yeah, that would be awesome. Oh, it would be great, but. 
Chris 60 Paul, years away. They're not going to go away. I mean, there's. I don't I know, mean, man. Giannis has no chance of actually winning it if they lose. Do you think? He, I I think that he should, but I I yeah, agree with you. Yeah, he has that, no chance. But I'm just making my case for why, why he should. Okay. Why history should be made if this goes the distance as a series. Okay. So I really respect your opinion, but I'm gonna let you segue into our collective argument against the NBA media about Giannis being a true playoff player. Yeah, because we've you know I've mentioned it on every episode thus far that Giannis as of right now, is the best player in the NBA. And mm-hmm. I think the media gives him no respect. Because no respect. All you hear about is, oh, the fans are counting how long it takes for Giannis to shoot a free throw. Oh, when Giannis has a good game and the Bucks lose, it's because he's taking away from Middleton and Holiday. He's, like, breaking up their flow. Kendrick Perkins said that Giannis was Robin to Chris <laughs> Middleton's Batman. Like, oh, Kendrick Perkins, man. Oh, my god. You were gosh. a Cav and stuff, and I like you and all that, but... Oh, my gosh. Like, first on. of all, uh, Giannis is not an orphan, so the comparison to Robin makes no sense. Yeah. And <laughs> second of all, I mean, that's obviously ridiculous. He made a comparison to Giannis being Shaq and Chris Middleton being Kobe. And Bruh. first of all, Chris Middleton is nothing close to Kobe Bryant. I'll say that right now. But also... Kobe Bryant was not Batman to Shaquille O'Neal's Robin. It was definitely the other way around. There's no... There can be an X Factor. There can be an X Factor, but Shaq was, won three finals MVPs on yeah. that team. There was, Kobe was There's not the There's a difference the between player. Kobe and an X Factor. I mean, yeah. I would consider, like... I would consider... Uh, what's a good comparison? The Raptors... Van Vliet? Van Vliet yeah. would be the X Factor for them. He'll have, a, he'll have a great game, and they'll win. Middleton will have a great game, and they'll win. But that doesn't mean he's Kobe Bryant. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. But that comparison is terrible. Giannis, let's, go, let's, take a, let's look at Giannis's playoff career. His career. He, so, he's gotten better each year. He's, yes. He had a great... You probably didn't see this. I watched his media appearance yesterday, and he was asked about... Um, adapting to the Giannis wall defenses that teams mm-hmm. have used to beat the Bucks in the past. Which people have used to discount his, oh, right. the Giannis wall works so well, he'll never be able to win a championship. Which is stupid because the Pistons, if the bad boy Pistons beat Michael Jordan with the Jordan rules. Yeah, and, and those and, same media people are the ones yeah. saying... <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Giannis has gotten better every year. For example, in 2018, which was... The first time the Bucks played at least seven games with Giannis in the playoffs, he had twenty five point seven points per game, which yep. is not bad. Let's also, sixteen uh, seventeen, the first round, the Raptors won in six, and he had twenty four point eight points per game yeah. before he even burst onto the scene. Yeah, that was before he was an MVP candidate or yep. anything. Mm-hmm. In twenty nineteen, he was up to twenty five point five points. He actually went down in scoring and, they, and efficiency, uh, but that was the year that they lost to. And he was the, uh, who did they lose to? The Raptors Rap- in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, in right. nineteen, and they yeah. used the Giannis wall, which you know that's the. It was the who, initial. That was when questions really began yeah, that, about like his playoff career as a whole. Yeah, and in that series, for example, which. The Bucks lost, obviously. Mm-hmm. 
Giannis averaged 22.7 points per game, which yeah. is much less than his regular season averages, and then right. 44.8% from the field, which is mm-hmm. a far cry from his normal efficiency. So because, that was like the wake-up call that you need to do something about this wall, right? Yeah, because he spends all of his time in the paint. And then, yeah. you know, you're the first person to remind everybody what happened last year. You correctly predicted that the Heat I would be... I sure did. You did do that. But and, that wasn't against Giannis. I just think they wouldn't be prepared with the system. Exactly. The and, Bucks system. But they, they don't have a Drew Holiday back then. So they still use the Giannis wall. And they in, did. in that series, he only averaged 21.8 points per he game. He also got hurt. Yeah, in the last game. He got, well, he actually, the one game yeah, the Bucks won, right. he didn't play. You're right. So I think well, he, he got only, hurt in game he, three. Yeah. He only played the first three games. He they played, lost all of them. No, he they lost the first three games. He got hurt at the beginning of game four. They went on to win that oh, okay. game. And yeah. then played game there five without him. There you go. Yeah. And they lost. But then again, that that was. But the Heat had the personnel to stop. They Giannis. had the perfect. Yeah, Jimmy personnel. Butler, Bam Adebayo. They had the, not Tyler Hero. No, he can't. <laughs> he can't defend. But they. I had, just hate that hype for him. Yeah, but he now, was not the reason I picked the Heat. I think people are <laughs> smarter now. They They're smarter been. now. Yeah. But you know, it it is worth mentioning. Like, I'm <clears> not taking anything away from Giannis's playoff run, but like. I've said he's the best player in the NBA, but throughout this playoff run, they haven't played a team that could actually use the wall against yeah. him until the Suns. Because the Heat this year are nothing close to what they were. The no. Nets are a terrible... But even him beating the team that beat him last year is, is really big no, for that's his good legacy. For, that's good for him. I'm, Sweeping the team. I'm just saying it doesn't necessarily show improvement I agree. against the yeah, wall. But I'm just saying it's big for his playoff career just to come back and just destroy them in the first round. Yeah. And you've got the Nets who have... They do not have the defensive Defense. personnel. But to, even for them to beat them is still pretty crazy. Absolutely. I'm just even with about, one of them injured. I'm just talking about the wall. Yeah, specifically. yeah the wall. Yeah. The Hawks, I mean, you know, they have nothing defensively. But now the Suns, who are a very like well-coached team. Oh, yeah. They have a great defense. Chris Paul, Aiton, like we said, and they can use the they wall. They can use the wall. And like you've mentioned, Giannis is having a historically great finals, whether or not they win, whether or not he wins finals MVP. So that proves that Giannis has broken, I mean, no yes. pun intended, he has climbed over that wall. Absolutely. He pushed Humpty Dumpty so over. I so much love that for him. Yeah, because now people hopefully will give him the respect he deserves. Please. I believe that he's the guy that is the best player in the league. I think Yeah, I, I think it's criminal that he's being criticized and Booker's being praised right now. Yeah. I said this last time, I know I'm being repetitive about that, but that's we are pretty no, mad, that's, that's something are pretty worth mad at Booker right now. That's something worth repeating. Yeah. And Giannis is really taking the reins from... I believe I'm ready to say that he's taking the reins from LeBron okay. as the best player in the I NBA, agree. and that's tough for me yeah. to say. There was a regular season game Him before, the, before the bubble last season. There was a regular season game, Bucks versus Lakers, and Giannis dunked on the Lakers. The Lakers called timeout, and, Lebr- and uh, Giannis put his hands over his head as like and gave himself the crown as oh. if he had taken it over. And at that time I was like, All right, buddy. Like you you know Come it's, on, you're not there yet. It's not man. time for that. And then, you know, the Lakers went on to win the championship, so it wasn't time it wasn't. for that. But now LeBron is getting older. And I'm not saying he's done, because mm-hmm. I think he's gonna come back healthy next year and he's yeah. gonna be great. Yeah. But it's it is time for there to be a different best player yes. in the and league. Gosh, come it on is, media it, it's got to be Giannis. There's it no. He's already a two-time MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. Stop trying to give it to Kawhi. He's not even the team Dude. leader. He's not even the team leader. Uh, well, that's so, debatable. That's debatable. Well, but they lost again. Well, yeah. I mean, he was injured, but still, like that's debatable. But Kawhi, yeah, he ha- he fills a score. He's not a great. 
he's he not can't, a he's, great he, he's emotional a, leader. <laughs> no, not at all. He's that's one of those players that's a uh, uh, ceiling raiser, and yeah. where he's on the team, he can yes. make good teams championship worthy, but he can't make a bad team good. Yeah. And if he wasn't on the Clippers this year, they Giannis would still be good. That. If yeah, if yeah, if Giannis wasn't on the when Bucks, Giannis physically broke out, the Bucks suddenly became a one seed two years in a row, and then yeah, you know, all that stuff happened. So I believe that there's not really much debate over it. Although you haven't committed to Giannis as the best NBA player, unless you're going to do. It I right said now. I was going to think about yeah. it. Yeah, and you were. It was between him I and Jokic. I have thought about it, and it, I don't think it was between him and Jokic. Yeah, you I just said at one point that it was. Oh. Yeah. Just I for this know. year, a regular season. After some thought. Yeah. Um, he's definitely the best player in the league. Yeah, I'm glad. And it would actually be a KD, KD second for me. Oh, what? Yeah, and it's 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 close between like KD and like a bunch of other guys. I, LeBron is still my number two. Okay, yeah. I, I well, since KD and if LeBron both yeah. get injured at the if you yeah. don't want to count, LeBron, I'm gonna say yeah. yeah I'm gonna that's say fair. I haven't thought about two, but I, I will say Giannis is number one. And then you've got guys coming up like Luca I and mean, Embiid. I can't wait for Luca and Embiid, Jokic to all be up there. I mean. It's a great. It's going to be very. Sad. I thought about this the other day. How sad it will be when Curry and LeBron aren't playing at the top of their game. Yeah, the world. Because arguably they're still. It's going to be very sad, and people are going to finally start to respect the LeBron era because it's going to be a little. I've even seen some anti-LeBron people being like, even you know, at the, the end of this era, we're gonna we're gonna really miss like those days with like LeBron making all those crazy playoff runs and stuff. Like, the, the shift. And I like the shift because there's a whole lot of young guys now that have the potential to become the LeBron and Curry. But um, I think that this signifies, you know, we're debating, you know, Giannis, Luka being best players in the NBA. That's finally changing. And that's really good for the league. But um, it's really exciting. But, yeah, Giannis, best player in the NBA. Yeah. And I hope, you know, I, I, I don't think it'll happen. But I do hope... That they make it a series, at least. Yeah. Because I want You don't see... think it will, but it... I, I really don't think hope it will. So. Just because... Boone it starts Mulder's... tonight, baby. Yeah, game four. If, I mean, I don't think they're going like to win Like we tonight. said last time, if they do win... If, if they do win tonight, then it's a whole new series. Yeah, it's, it's yeah exactly. Tied it's a three-game series, it and anything can happen. Anything can happen in three, three games. That's what they I hate can. about best of three playoff series with like MLB and stuff. But yeah, it really becomes a series then. I wish the NBA was like college basketball, where it's just every team is seated one through thirty, and you only play once. Yeah, but I think there's beauty in a seven game series. Yeah, it, as well. I, it's a different. We can have March Madness. We can have seven game series. Yeah, it would be exciting, but then it would be like, what if, what if someone tweaks their ankle, and then it's over. And well, lose, that would be less likely to though, too, because the players would be more durable because there wouldn't be as many games. But also, That's the true. NBA would make. Would lose yeah, I don't so think, much money. From I don't that. think that that will happen. I don't think it should happen. No, but it won't it's a, happen. It's a cool idea to think about. Yeah, I love thinking about that. Like a Cavs versus Lakers first round one game series. And you know, speaking of the, the Laker, oh. or no, not the Lakers. <laughs> speaking of the rules of the NBA potentially changing, I saw a clip yesterday of. A player, it was Damian Lillard trying to draw a foul in that ridiculous way that players do. Trey Young, Damian Lillard. Oh, uh, yeah, that's in an Olympic change. game. Can't wait for that. That rule will change, but I saw it in the Olympic game, and they don't call those fouls in, in those rules, and he did not get the call. 
and it, it got me thinking, you know, we're going to talk about it, but Team USA has now lost yes. two exhibition yes. games, one to Nigeria, one to Australia, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's got people, you know, some people care about Team USA, I don't really, but should they be worried? They've got, obviously, the best roster on paper of any team in the world. They've got of Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum, Bam Adebayo. They've got it all, really. Yeah. So you're thinking they've lost two games. Well, should they be worried? What do you think? No. And for me, it's, you know, exhibition, whatever. You know, the players right now are just not trying. They're just trying to not get hurt. And then the Nigeria and Australia are like, whoa, we're playing Team USA. Let's play our hearts out. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't watch the games. I watched the highlights. But still, I mean, it just... the, these international teams are so fundamentally sound. Like the, the the Australia Boomers, they've had the same guys in 2016, even 2012. I mean, Patty Mills. It was J- Patty Mills, Joe Ingles, Delhi, who's the goat, by the way. Yeah. Uh, last time, like la- you know, 2016, and it, I saw something that it was like the first exhibitions that USA's ever lost. And I just, I don't think that really matters that much because this is what happens every time. The the USA will play a very fundamentally sound team. It'll be closer than you expect, but USA is just so talented that it won't matter because it's just, you know, KD against uh, a G League player from, you know, Iran or something. You know, I mean, it's just... It's not KD being guarded by LeBron or, you know, stuff like that. It's it's just going to be too much. And I think the reason why there's beauty in the Olympics is because in the Olympics, like you said earlier, they don't call those fouls. And I think that's just they're more fundamental. And it takes a while for the USA to adjust to that because the NBA is just so far from fundamental. And that's why I like the rule change that they're going to do is they're they're going back to the basics of like this is it's just ridiculous to call a foul on here. And I think it's it's like a it's a it's an anti James Harden thing, and I like that because as great as James Harden is, I don't think that they should be the NBA should be moving in that direction. Yeah, because leaning, you look you around. Can, he's so great that you you don't have to lean. He's just into cheating it. the system. Yeah, I mean he actually admits that he says that every offseason. He works on one loophole, loophole. in the rules that that's he right. can exploit. And that's incredible. The fact that he can do that is cool. But it's moving away from fundamentals. Yeah. And the reason why I love the Olympics so much is because it is so fundamental. And I think the US, USA has to figure that out a little bit and get back to that. Pop, of course, is the most fundamental coach in the NBA. So I think he'll be able to get to that yeah, when the fun. games start. I love to watch the Olympics. I'm very excited. Uh, what are your thoughts? I agree mostly. I think it's... I mean, people are going to say what they're going to say, but the United States hasn't lost or hasn't lost yeah, the gold medal. Yeah, hasn't not gotten the gold medal since 2004 when Argentina got it. Yeah. And the USA team then, LeBron was on it, but he played 3 minutes in the game they lost to Argentina. Right. Dwayne Wade was on it. He played 19 minutes, you know, that's more. But there there are five players who had the most minutes. Allen Iverson, who shot 3-for-12 in the game they lost to Argentina. <laughs> Stephen Marbury, Sean what? Marion. Lam- Sean Marion? Lamar Odom, who was on crack. Famous for smoking crack. Yeah. Lamar Odom and Carlos Boozer. 
So when you look yeah. at that team and you look at Team USA now, I don't really see us losing. Uh, you know, I'd say us. I'd actually prefer if a different team won. Yeah. I would love... Australia. Uh, Australia would be yes. great. Uh, you know... To Even see. though Ben Simmons isn't doing that. But yeah. still, it's well, like great. Joe Ingles and if, Matisse Thibault. I would love for Slovenia to Thon win. Maker. Slovenia <laughs> has never gotten an Olympic berth. And Luka Doncic just made that possible. Yes. And he went on the record saying that winning a gold medal for Slovenia would be more important to him than winning an NBA championship. I love that. That makes sense. That's the beauty. Let, let me let me take a minute to encourage all of you guys, even if you don't love sports, just tune into the Olympics. It is a worldwide amazing event, and it encourages everyone to just tune in. I at least one Team USA game. Just just watch it and it's just the Olympics are awesome for everyone. That's what I love about the Olympics. My mom isn't a huge sports fan. She watches all the Olympics she can because it is just so much fun and people care so much about their yeah. countries and people like Luca going to Slovenia and saying, "This is my whole life. Slovenia is my whole life." And me, winning this gold medal would mean more to me than, than anything. And that is just awesome. I love that so much. It's um, it's just great. And it, it's reminiscent of like the World Cup. Like Whole countries are behind these teams. And I just love the Olympics. And I encourage everyone, even if you aren't a sports fan, you still tune in. Thank you for tuning in. To Pavement, to pavement sweat. sweat. Yeah, if you're not a sports fan and you're listening, actually, wow. like seriously, Gosh, way to go. So much love. We love you. We want to spread stories of sports and get people into it and just watch at least one basketball game in the Olympics. doesn't matter who it is. It's just great. It's but awesome. Going back a little bit to the struggles of Team USA, mm -hmm. uh, their main problem so far has been that they can't... They don't have LeBron. They, well, <laughs> yeah, that is a struggle that a lot of teams have. 29 NBA teams, yeah. in fact. But their main struggle from a game plan standpoint is mm -hmm. that they can't move the ball because all of the players they have are largely isolation scores kevin durant jason tatum there were some posts about moving the ball and there were like two of them per game and it's just like so sloppy yeah it's i hate it's that incredible. you watch the sun from the, the sun's games yeah and it's just so much better but yeah get uh, back jason to that tatum bradley beal zach levine those bradley guys are beal. great scorers but they can't pass and so we had a written submission from Kofi, you know, longtime listener. Yes. Three weeks, whatever. But a very good basketball friend, a friend uh -huh. of mine. Friend of the podcast. Or a, a basketball fan, friend of mine, yeah. friend of the podcast. Yep. And he asked me if I think that LaMelo Ball should be on the Olympic team. And I want to open that up to you. Do you think that he would help their struggles? Or do you think that being on the team would help him? What do you think? I think... As a bench player, because that's what he would be. Oh yeah. It doesn't really matter for the helping the team. I think I would. I want to talk about more about what it means for him. It would mean so much for him and the Hornets to be able. I mean, use Darius Garland is part of the exhibition squad because uh, some of the Suns and it's Holiday Middleton and is it CP3 Booker, Booker. are all three of them are waiting obviously to join the team in. Tokyo so they called up Darius Garland it's just it just means so much to these young players to get that experience where you're on a team with 10 NBA all-stars learning from them even if it's just for a week or two it's just amazing experience 
for that. And I think that LaMelo being in, to answer your question, Kofi, uh, LaMelo being in the Olympics should have happened. And for him, if, if they offered it to him and he turned it down, I would be very disappointed. Um, I think that it would it's great for any young player to get into that. And that's why LeBron being in that silver medal uh, Olympics is was great for his career and great for Dwayne Wade's career and all those young players that you see there. It's just great for their careers. I mean, they might LeBron might play three minutes, and but he's there for weeks learning from these amazing players. You know, Sean Marion, the goat man. So I just really, <laughs> I really yeah. love that for I, I I really wish Lamelo, and and a lot of young players. I hope that keeps happening. Is that it's not just the All Star team in the USA? Yeah. I hope it's it's guys like maybe the best G League player, or yeah. maybe you know that just some really young guys. I mean, I just really, as bench players, they would learn so much from that, and I really love that. So yeah, I'm in full support of guys like Lamelo being in Team USA. That's a that's a great answer. I I don't, you might have convinced me because going into it, I. I, I don't I thought you know I agree that he wouldn't help the team yeah and he's coming off he wouldn't play much no he wouldn't except in practice right which is great and he's coming off of an injury I know he played the end of the regular season mm-hmm. but that makes me hesitate to say that he should jump That's fair. jump into basketball activities That's fair. but in a perfect world if he were healthy I think it would be good for his development Absolutely. I also think though you say it's good for young players to be on the team. You don't even think about Jason Tatum and Bam Adebayo oh, yeah. being young players because so they're already so good. Yeah, but they're Adebayo on the Adebayo's a starter. Yeah, so is Tatum, I believe. And so uh, I think he maybe is. he maybe. should be if he's not. Oh, my, yeah. my gosh. But um, yeah. So that's good for them too because you always see these videos <laughs> coming out of Team USA camp where the players are going one v one and it's like Kevin Durant oh, awesome. being guarded one one v one versus like Paul George and just like dream. 1v1 matchups to see over and over and that would be that would be very beneficial for your lamello ball types Mm -hmm. and your zion types i believe zion declined the invite uh because i don't know otherwise why he wouldn't be on the team yeah because if you're gonna get i don't like that though he should have yeah but i mean it depends on where your priorities are because you've got a guy like luca who obviously has a chip on his shoulder because oh, he's, yeah. he's going to be playing for slovenia mm-hmm. which you know they've never made the olympics at all much yeah. less been close oh, to a gold awesome. medal so I you've got that. american players like zion who have yeah. seen team usa win gold basically every olympics they've been alive mm-hmm. it's it, it would be tough because he, he wouldn't really be making that much of a difference if you think about it so yeah. I can kind of see why you would want to take that rest, especially for a not very durable guy like Zion. But speaking of like, I I was thinking about how Luca is so like, because you're born into your team. That's the beauty of it. You're born into your Olympic team. Luca was born into the Slovenian Olympic basketball team. It's great. Jason Tatum was born into the American yeah. basketball team. And that's one thing. And it's another thing Delhi. to be drafted by a basketball team because you're mm-hmm. not born into that team, but that team actively is the goal. sought you out. Mm-hmm. They like Worldwide. Yeah, they were. They found you and they picked you. And Maybe that's a, they traded yeah, exactly. Trey Young away for you. Yeah, yeah right. You know? in, in Luca's case, yeah. That's something where you were sought out and you were picked by that team. So you have an allegiance to that yes. team. But time and time again, you see players it's leave in the offseason. You see players leave through free agency or you see teams trade players away. 
And you can't do that with your home country. You, yeah, you can't do that with your home country. But it happens all the time in the NBA. And yeah. we're going to talk about some trades, trades that would benefit the Los Angeles Lakers. Okay. A team yep. that, just to remind Needs everybody, a trade. they <laughs> were their defending champions still, technically. It feels yep. like forever ago. Mm-hmm. But they're still the last NBA team to win a championship. They won it in the Orlando bubble. Mm-hmm. But this season, because of injuries, LeBron and AD both going out in the regular season, they underperformed they were the seventh seed and in the playoffs ad and lebron came back but they were obviously hurt ad re-injured himself lebron was playing on a tweaked ankle and they were bounced out in the first round by the phoenix suns so you think is it are injuries going to be an issue what do they need to do and really they don't have the cap space to sign many players so they have to make improvements through trades and you've got a couple trades. i do have a couple okay so the three sign in trades let me explain a sign-and-trade real quick, for those of you who don't know. It's when a team can be forced by a player to re-sign that player and then trade him wherever he wants to go. So let's say a player hates playing for Houston, and his contract is expiring. He can tell his front office to re-sign him and trade him wherever he wants to go, or else he will sit and not play. It's kind of like the Kawhi thing, but it's more, it's more modern than that. It's like you get signed to that team, and they just trade you. So it's like it's a, it's a player's decision. So there's a couple. There are three that are being talked about: DeRozan, Lowry, Dinwiddie. Uh, Demar Derozan plays for San Antonio. Lowry plays for uh, the Raptors, and Dinwiddie is with the Nets. The Dinwiddie option is nearly impossible because the Nets don't even have enough money to do the initial signing of him. So even though they're going to trade him, they can't. They don't even have enough money to give him the the the, the contract and then trade him. They can't even do the base signing. So obviously, every team has a salary cap. They also have some luxury tax they can go into. Uh, the Nets can't even do that. And they and that would be trading for another player with a yeah. huge history of injuries. Also, is that another, really what you want? Yeah. Yeah. Not really. Of course. And then the and that there's another one being talked about is Kemba. That's just not worth it because it's just more injury and inconsistency. Exactly. But uh, the other one is Kyle Lowry. The problem with that is that the minimum for a sign and trade is three years. Lowry is 35. So I don't know if the Lakers want to stick with him till he's 38. That's just the thing with that. Yeah. He could be good for another year. I don't know. And, I mean, when you think about it, they could their, time, their timeline is pretty short. It's pretty short anyway. Because of LeBron. Yeah. So. DeRozan is the most intriguing for me, and the return for the Spurs would make the most sense. It would be probably Kuzma, uh, Talon Horton-Tucker, and Harrell, which would suffice as a good young duo plus a high-energy six-man learning from Greg Popovich. Uh some more that could happen is the the, the big thing is uh, Harold's option. I'm going to explain an option real quick. An option is often included in a contract in some deals. A player can play the duration of his contract, and at the end, if it's in the contract, they can pick up an option for an extra year or two. Since the money is guaranteed in the option at the beginning of the signing, the player may like to pick it up if he thinks he won't make as much money in free agency. So in Harold's case, he can pick up the option, and in his case, he would want to pick up the option because the money he's going to make with some other team is not going to be as good as the option is. So he might get signed for, I don't know, $8 million somewhere else, but the option is $10 million. I don't actually know what it is, but that's just an example. So Harold will probably pick it up, and in that case, he will most likely be traded. The last one I saw is Buddy Heald. I'm not sure if the Kings would be happy with the return, though, because Sacramento would be looking for a bit more defense than the Lakers can offer. 
And I think other teams would make better offers for Heald. Harrell's option, it's a two-year deal for $19 million. So his option would be, oh, math. Uh, 9.5? Yeah, yeah, Jesus. 9.5 a year. And if he's going to sign somewhere else, I don't know if anyone would be willing to do more than seven. No, not a chance. Six or seven. He's mid-level exception at most. Yeah, so that's why I think he'll pick up the option, get that guaranteed money, and then the Lakers would trade him to a team that has a little more cap space and would accept that. And the most intriguing one for me is DeMar DeRozan. Which one is it for you? And they, they've got limited options, yeah. obviously. Out of those three, Lowry would be most interesting okay. to me. But I believe that a lot of teams are going to be looking at Lowry this offseason. And I don't know if the Lakers have what the Raptors, you know, what, what want they would in need. return. Because yeah. probably be the, the three big pieces is Kuzma, Taylor Horton Tucker, and Montrezl Harrell. And you might throw in Caruso. In you got to get rid of Schroeder. Because yeah, that, but that's a problem because of the money the he money. wants. All right. He so, wants a lot of money, and no one wants him for the money that he's asking for. What happened in the... But they're stuck. On, at the trade deadline, the 76ers and the Lakers were interested in Kyle Lowry, and both teams backed out because the Raptors' asking price was, quote-unquote, too high. Obviously, if the Sixers had picked up Lowry, we might be talking about a different Eastern Conference champion, I think. But okay. they weren't willing to give up Maxi and Thibel. The Lakers weren't willing to give up Taylor Horton Tucker at that time. Now, you're thinking about this offseason. He would be the centerpiece of the trade. And he's a good player. I believe he's better than Dennis Schroeder as a playmaking option for the Lakers, especially over the next few seasons. But is he really the centerpiece of a trade for Kyle Lowry, a multiple-time All-Star and NBA champion? I believe Taylor Horton Tucker is good, but he's still he's got a lot he's got a long, he's got a long, way, to long go. way to go and in many ways he's a role player yeah so i don't and i think a lot of teams will offer him pretty decent like houston cleveland They're, yeah those Oklahoma would be great City, spots great spots i think could offer him some money so because he's got a big upside he does have big upside but if you're looking at lebron Trade james options. his timeline yeah. is yeah. short i Obviously. think if you can get rid of Taylor horton tucker for go Kyle ahead. Lowry, I would go ahead and do uh, yeah. it. Yeah, but there's one player that you didn't mention that okay. I believe should be the Lakers' number one trade target. All right, and that's a man who you actually did mention earlier in this episode in a completely different context. Allen Iverson. No, <laughs> <laughs> he's currently playing for the Australia Boomers. Oh, Joe Ingles. Ingles. I believe Joe Ingles fills every yes. hole that the Lakers have. Oh, that's so smart. He, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, Joe Ingles would be great. And the Jazz are looking for a Taylor Horton Tucker type player. He's on their timeline when you've got Donovan oh. Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Taylor Horton Tucker. Uh, maybe Dennis Schroeder. Uh, maybe Harrell, if that's part of it, to come off the bench for Rudy. And also when Rudy is getting dominated defensively in the playoffs because that tends to happen mm-hmm. and Contavious caldwell pope every team needs more shooting i don't know yes that's another piece that could move yeah. so but i think the lakers are if they can keep him they will if they have to trade him they definitely will but i think they're he's been pretty good in their playoff runs so kcp I, yeah he's been pretty good He's Especially okay. in the finals I, against the Heat. He was pretty good. As a complimentary piece, he's all right. Yeah. I just, so I think they'll see if they can keep him, but if not, they'll definitely want to trade him. Well, I believe that Joe Ingles would win the Lakers another champion. Oh, wow. I yeah. actually do believe that. A healthy, and that's a lot. That's a big ask. But it a is. healthy LeBron, healthy AD, Joe Ingles. Because Joe Ingles, 
I'm sorry. I know that Jordan Clarkson won Sixth Man of the Year. Such a good shooter. But Joe Ingles is, oh. is truly the Sixth Man of the Year. He's. I mean, he's like a Kyle Korver, man. He's so. He's so. He valuable. broke true shooting. Yes. His, his, he, I think he broke the record for a single season last year. Maybe Curry. I did see that his is really high, but I didn't see what it exactly was. Um, you can look at that, and we'll, uh, I'm going to mention our very last. Actually, second to last uh, topic, which is Damian Lillard trade talks. Yeah. Now that he he said previously he wants to stay with Portland until his retirement, but things are looking a little shaky there with the coaching change and a lot of stuffs going down. So I found a complex article with seven possible trade options. I want to ask Trip what he thinks of them uh, from his gut reaction and why, and then I will show my pre-picked uh, ranked order as well. And right um, before we get into that. Yep, you got the Joe Ingles? Yeah, this season, he shot the ball 14.7 times per game, which is fairly high. Uh-huh. And he shot true shooting of 67.2% over the entire season. And that's insane. Yeah. But anyway, give me your uh, Damian Lillard trick. All right, the first one was Philly. Yeah, that's a Lillard, Philadelphia fan. Four, Simmons, oh. Fiebel, Maxi, three first rounders and a second. No, not a chance. Okay. Because and I'm going to explain why. Mm-hmm. You if you're Philly and you make that move, you are fully buying into Damian Lillard and Embiid, which isn't a bad two-man game for But you're sure. giving up Thibel and Maxi. You're giving up Thibel, Maxi, and Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. You that's three players who are still potentially the future of that franchise and if you to give up all three And Embiid's got time. Yeah. He's not even at his peak yet. Yeah. So uh, I think you've got to You've got to be a little more patient. Yeah. I know the process has been a lengthy process. Yeah. Um, no pun intended. Ah! But um, I don't know if you want to go all in now. I'm not sure, man. It's it's really complicated with the process, but I, I agree with can, you. If you can keep and three first-round picks, give me a break. Yeah. I think to restructure that trade, I'm going to try to do that for all of these. Okay. I would be willing to give up for Damian Lillard. I would be willing to give up Ben Simmons. Tyrese Maxey, mm-hmm. two lottery-protected first-round picks, and a second. I would be oh, that's, that. And, but and think about big. Lillard's impact, man. I would, I would add another first-rounder. No. Lillard has great offensive impact when he has the ball at all times. He wouldn't even be the primary scorer with Embiid. That's and, true. And he cannot defend yeah, the basketball. He cannot defend. Yeah. He cannot I defend. I agree with you. I love Damian Lillard. But he has never been able to do And <laughs> you'll love this one. Ready? Yeah. Go ahead. Dame to New York. That's the Knicks. Yeah. For Mitchell Robinson, RJ Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, three firsts and two seconds. I don't think that's enough. Speaking of Mitchell Robinson, uh, I was just, you know, I'm multitasking here. I'm, I'm on the computer doing research. <laughs> and I wanted to find the record for true shooting. Oh, yeah. That's right. Last year. Yeah. The single season record for true shooting is Mitchell Robinson last yeah. year. 72.6%. I do remember 6%. that. Mike. Yeah, well, God. he only takes, like, dunks and layers. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, so sorry. Can you repeat the trade? <laughs> it's uh, Dame for Robinson, Barrett, quickly, three firsts, and two seconds. I don't think that's enough for Dame, honestly. Mm. If you're the Knicks, you definitely do it. Yeah. Uh, and if you're... I would do it, both sides. I think quickly okay. is good enough. To I think RJ Barrett... Not good enough, but like RJ and quickly. I mean, that's a good that's a good base for the Blazers, Blazers but rebuild. I still think it's just not quite enough for me. 
I think that, for Dame. I think I think that you would need more. I think it would be smart to not pull the trigger on that just to gauge as much as you can from a different team yeah. because other teams are going to try to one up that offer mm-hmm. obviously, but at face value if that's the only trade offer you're going to get, I do think it's worth it cuz you're not going to win a championship with Damian Lillard in Portland. You've done everything. You're not going to win. That's right. I, I think that if they rebuild around, I mean, Barrett's not going to be as good as If Dame they get rid of Damon McCollum, get some good trades from that. It's it's a very good, they'll get some rebuild. good return and a lot of draft picks. Time to rebuild. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I. but I do think that's a pretty good okay. trade. Because quickly, arguably rookie of the year. Sorry, people. I know he wasn't on all rookie first team. But, yeah. And I know you guys love LaMelo Ball. Everybody loves LaMelo Ball. I love LaMelo Ball. But Emmanuel quickly, his defense as a rookie and his three-point value is insane mm-hmm. as a rookie. If Tibbs had played him more, I would have been a yeah. very happy camper. But yeah. So I think that he's somebody to look out for if you're yeah. a sports card investor. All right. Buy quickly card. This All one's right. Boston. Yeah. Lillard to Boston for Smart, Jalen Brown, nah. Naismith, three firsts, and a second. I like this one a lot. Oh, that's so hard. How many picks? Three firsts and a second. No. Brown what about two firsts? Jalen Brown is too much for all Well, Lillard's obviously better than Brown. Naismith doesn't mean a lot to the team yet, and Smart has gotten a little... Smart can go. I'm yeah. ready for Smart I, to go. Exactly. So that's why I like this one. And if Boston wants to go for it, I guess I what think I'm thinking can. is... No. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum can still be the... like. I agree with that. Kings of the NBA. I agree with that. I think Tatum and Lillard would be great, but not for as long. And Brown yeah. is and a Brown's way a much defender. better defender. Yeah, yes, that, yeah. so that's the thing. Yeah. Okay. For Lillard to Miami for Iguodala. I hate this one. None. Hero and Achua. Two firsts and a second. Yeah. If you're the Heat, obviously. If you yeah, can, if you can do that, that come yeah. on. There's now. no way the Blazers would. Accept I would much that. rather take the New York one. So yeah, that was one of my There's least favorite. No ones. way. This is yeah. my very least favorite one. Dame to Golden State for Wiggins, Looney, Pashal, if that's how you pronounce it. Pashal, yeah. Three firsts and two seconds. I despise this one. It is not close to enough for Okay, I, I also agree that it's not enough, but I think you are underestimating the value of that trade because the picks from the Warriors yeah, I know. are potentially much more valuable. That's true. Because the Warriors might suck. I, who knows? Warriors might well, suck. Warriors with Dame and Steph would be great, but uh, I don't just I, don't, I just don't think that trade's going to be satisfying for Portland. I agree. I, I don't think that Portland would pull the trigger on that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Was that the how many? Months? This is my favorite one. All right, go ahead. Lillard to Denver okay. for Gordon Morris, Michael Porter Jr. Bull Bull and three firsts. That is also my favorite so far. Yeah. Like if. Because Michael Porter Jr., the hype is real, and for good and reason. And it's real. For good reason, yeah. yeah. He's developing faster than and most players. I'm not <laughs> saying that he's more valuable than Damian Lillard. Obviously, right now he's not. But he, for the he, future, he, he might obviously. Not, yeah. uh, he might not make it to Dame's ceiling, but he has way more off-ball value than Damian Lillard. Oh my Lillard. gosh. He can move without the ball and score, which is the most uh, And he's got impactful. the Jason Tatum shot, too. He has a, yeah, just... The jump shot is so beautiful yeah. looking. And just being that tall is just OP, man. But the, and uh, bull, bull. the problem with that trade from the Nuggets point of view, I yeah. think you pull the trigger. Because that's Jokic and Damian Lillard. I mean, oh my gosh, the offense. Oh. But the defense. And Murray's a bad defender, too. And you're giving. So that's Murray, Lillard, 
Jokic, they'd have to figure that out. Probably like Will Barton or, or like yeah. they're gonna have to pick up some other players. They're gonna have to figure. You're that out. You're trading away your best defender and. Gordon. But they've got some more space to move. Yeah. Stuff around. So that yeah that that could work. And this one, this is the last one. Lillard to Dallas. First of all, I don't know if Luca and Lillard is the best move there. No. But Luca or Lillard to Dallas for Powell, Porzingis. Brunson, three firsts and two seconds. Yeah, that's not enough. It's not. And Porzingis is so injury prone. And he has a terrible contract. Yeah. There's no way that they would do that. So I've got Denver's my favorite. Then I've got, I like the Boston one a lot. And then I would say New York, Philly, Dallas, Miami, Golden State. If you were to rank them. Yeah. My favorite one is, whichever one I said was my favorite. Denver. Denver. Yeah. Same, yeah. But I also believe that uh, Damian Lillard is not going He anywhere. would stay in the division, too. Yeah, which would be cool. That would be cool. But I would like that he's one. He's not going anywhere. I was fact-checking myself. <laughs> oh. um, I have a, a wall. Yeah, of... he has a wall of the divisions. Because yeah. <laughs> basketball divisions don't matter at all. But in this case, they would. Yeah. Because that he would be playing... Play each other six times a year. Six times a year, yeah. That would be cool for viewing and everything. It'd be cool. But um, he's, he's not going anywhere. I'm, I'm going to put that on the line right now. He is the reason mm-hmm. that the Blazers hired Chauncey Billups as their head coach. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and it's, first of all, I just want to say, just because of his past and everything, I don't know if that was such a great hire, especially because Billups has much less coaching experience than the qualified guys who are, have been assistants for a long time. Yeah, but, but you see what happened in Brooklyn with the no experience Steve Young and it's just it's it's your superstar's choice. Yeah. And, and they, that's they what they did I'm it saying. for Boston too. They did it for Boston. Yeah. So I think it's a smart move. I I really wish that it wasn't Billups because I They're hate They're trying that's, everything. It's not going to work, but to keep They're just Damian trying to Lillard. keep him happy. <laughs> yeah. You got to keep the guy happy. So yeah. yeah. Good deal. Yeah. I'm okay with it. One last mention. Today the 2K covers dropped and They're beautiful. They're just amazing look them up yeah nba 2k22 for those of you if you don't know i'm sure you do but it's the basketball video game they come out with it yearly and it's a pretty big deal whoever gets to be the cover athlete yes Uh, that means that they're normally an exciting yeah do some research see who's been see who's been on the covers it takes a couple seconds just to look but there are four covers for this season which is an all-time high last year was three Standard edition is the Luca, the cross gen digital digital bundle, so you can play with Xbox and PS4. So if you want to cross platform that, it's like ten extra bucks, I think. And it's again Luca, but it's a little bit. I actually like the standard edition better. But um, and then they've got a seventy fifth anniversary edition. They usually do like a Legends edition. Last year it was Kobe, obviously, but they've got a seventy fifth anniversary edition with Kareem. Dirk and KD, that's the most controversial one for us. Yeah, because I, I, I'm thinking that it's the 75th anniversary because the, the, we're about to be in the 75th year of the, of the NBA. NBA. And so you're like, you're going historic. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, one of the greatest, mm-hmm. arguably has the highest peak in basketball history. I yep. mean, I wouldn't say that, but he's definitely a top five player of all time. And you've got the Undisputed. ultimate loyal. The yeah, Royals. you've got Dirk Nowitzki on the cover, which... Kind of makes sense because it's the 75th anniversary. And since Luca 
who is a current Dallas Maverick, is on the normal cover, and Dirk Nowitzki was a loyal Maverick for yeah. his whole career. It makes sense that he would be on there. And then you've got Kevin Durant, mm. who's currently playing. Yeah, It's like, what? It's 75th anniversary. Give us a blast from the past, yeah, the, man. Well, the last time that a player was on like an addition who is a current player is LeBron. In two, NBA 2K19, the 20th. 20th anniversary which not of the league of, of NBA the game 2k games yeah they did madden 25 yeah, yeah they lebron do that kind of was stuff. on the like anniversary cover yeah but other than that it, it, i mean normally you would pick a player yeah who's not in the league anymore yeah. and obviously For... durant is you know historically great yeah let's go ahead and quickly i just thought of this i just want to quickly rank those players you got kareem dirk and kevin durant obviously number one if you think that anybody is number one that isn't Kareem. Out of those three players, you need to leave. Yeah. Like, leave. Here, there's the door. Yeah. He just pointed to Kareem, the KD, and Dirk. But it's close between Dirk and KD. My thing with Kevin Durant is that Kevin Durant is, well, I don't want to say leagues better. They both played in the same league. Yeah. But he is, talent-wise, better than Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah. I believe his peak was higher. Yeah. Uh, jury's still out on his longevity. But yeah. his legacy is way yeah. lower than Dirk because Kevin Durant has two championships, yeah, two Finals MVPs. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, he hasn't even really won a championship because yeah. he went to the Warriors <laughs> as a snake yeah. and joined a team, the best team ever. I don't already. consider him a champion either. I mean, I do, but like not not really. in my heart. And Dirk Nowitzki won the most noble championship you can win. Absolutely. Late in his career. Against a super team. And he, the first time he made the finals was in 2006, lost to the Heat in the finals. Yeah. And then, came back and still won. with the 2011. Mavericks. 2011. 2011, yeah. beat the Heat again in the finals. That was LeBron, his first year on the Heat. They, they were heavily favored. And he mm -hmm. was the finals MVP. I read this beautiful article the other day about Dirk Nowitzki abruptly leaving the court as time expired in game six when the Mavericks beat the Heat. And he wasn't on the floor for the celebration for most of it because he wanted to be alone in the locker room. He was crying. Yeah. And they had to come send representatives to get him. And they said, dude, you're going to want this picture where you hold up the finals MVP trophy. It's a really good story. Mm -hmm. And actually, when they said that to him at first, he said, I don't want to give it to somebody else. He wanted somebody else to win finals MVP. What a guy. Yeah. Oh, what a legend. So to have him on the 75th anniversary edition. Totally makes sense. I'm not mad about it. So Kareem, Dirk, and then like stick someone in between there. So between like the 70s and 80s and the 2010 or like tw yeah, 2000. Yeah, 2010, 2000. So I would like maybe Scottie Pippen or... Yeah. I mean, 75th anniversary of the league. I'm not going to be mad if you put... Uh, I know he's already been on so many legendary editions of games, but, I mean, you're talking about an anniversary of the league. I'm put not gonna... Mark Price on there. <laughs> <laughs> no, put Michael Jordan on there. I'm yeah, not, sure. I'm not going to be mad about sure, that. Sure, yeah. So. And these are two... The, all of these players are, like, close to seven feet tall. Yeah. Put, put a guard on there. Yeah, put a guard on there, man. And then the fourth... 2K is only available in store at GameStop or online on the GameStop store. Yeah. And it will be Candace Parker, first WNBA player on a 2K cover. I love that. That's great. And I love that it's exclusive for GameStop. So I really like that. And it's it's a different 
version of the standard edition. But honestly, I would get that one, but the Luca cover yeah. is amazing. Guys, I look it up see that so one. you know, because there's the standard edition. I mean, I'll probably get the 75th anniversary edition because I usually get the premium version. You do? I don't I'm really. Big 2K I don't. Stand. Yeah, I don't really play. So if no. you have 2K questions, come to me, not true. When I play 2K, <laughs> it's at your house. Right, so. yeah. <laughs> I don't really play. I've always been in love with it. We both would broadcast, we would mute the games. Yeah, that was something I used to do as yeah. a little kid. What I would do is. Uh, you can play, obviously there's a lot of different modes in the game, but one mm-hmm. of the modes is just a play now, where you play as yeah. a team against another team in the NBA. Very simple. It's just a one, you know, you do it and it's done. Yeah. But what I would do is I would hit the random button for both of the teams. Yeah. So both teams would be random, and I would put my controller in the middle. So that means that I wasn't playing oh, as wow. either team. Oh, wow. You I, went that far. Yeah, I would only... Want... I would do Cavs, and I would play as the Cavs, oh. and I would do that. But I wouldn't just be a broadcaster. Okay, what I would do... I would be a controlled broadcaster. Really? I would, I would put the controller in the middle so that I could just watch the game. I would mute it, and I would comment along with it like That's as so an announcer cool, yeah. well it's kind of lame but yeah well i it's I, did fun. It the, I did it the fun way where i would actually play and i did that <laughs> yeah. sometimes i did it with madden too i love oh yeah. yeah i never did it with madden but i did i did do it from time to time with 2k and it was definitely 2016 and sometimes i would put on the 2016 the 2k16 music on uh, the game yeah. i would like turn all the stuff down except yeah. for the music and i would just listen to the songs on there and i know all of them and uh i know all the songs for 2k14 yeah not afraid eminem in the air tonight phil collins Uh lebron curated the soundtrack for that game i did not know the soundtrack was amazing yeah lebron was on the cover Uh, that was his last year was it 2k11 and 2k14 or was it yeah he was on it twice correct yeah he was on it two times he was on it maybe more than that yeah 2k14 Nope, he was only on. No. That, was, that was his first time on the cover, and then he was on it again. Oh, the, okay. In two K nineteen. Got it. But yeah, that's what I would get do. hyped for the game. Yeah, love yeah. love the man. Yeah. Uh, that so that's what I would do, and look at us now. Look we're, at we're, us now. If, like uh, announcers day. on the wildly popular <laughs> Pavement Sweat podcast. Share yeah. it so that more people watch it, man. Yeah, man. Come I mean, on. we're not begging you. We, I'm begging you. Oh, I'm well, on my knees. I was gonna say I'm not begging you, but. I'm strongly encouraged. I'm suggesting that you do it. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're, we're on, on Instagram. We're, we're on Twitter. We're on Anchor, which is like, if you don't have Spotify Premium or Apple Podcast, Anchor is a free way to listen to our podcast. Uh, so we're on all of those things. You can yep. contact us. You can. There's going to be a link in the description of this episode, no matter where you're listening to it, where you can leave voice messages. Yes. Leave a voice Please message. Please do. Ask us this question or just send we us love a question. As the off-season approaches, I'm sure you've got all kinds of stuff about how teams, teams can improve. or players. Yeah, your favorite team. How are they going to improve? I love it. The off-season is probably going to be my favorite thing to talk about because there's just so many possibilities. You the could talk about every up. team. We could do segments on like specifically one team. We could go any direction you guys want. We could totally be controlled in the off-season, do whatever you guys want us to do, and just have a whole lot of fun connecting with you guys and talking about that kind of stuff. We're so, your puppets. Yes. Basically. Precisely. So definitely leave a voice message or a written message so that we can directly respond. Even to it. comment on Instagram and yeah. we'll mention it. Yeah, Ryan runs the Instagram. He's doing a wonderful I'm also going to start doing stories where you can reply to my story. If I'll ask a question. You can reply to my story and give me an answer to the question and we will mention it. And, and we'll, that's 
what is that on Instagram? Pavement Sweat? Yes. Pavement Sweat Podcast. I think it's, yeah, Pavement Sweat Podcast. On Instagram. On Instagram. So give that a follow. Yeah. And, and we'll, and we'll, I'll be posting, we'll talk about our subjects a little earlier in the week so that I can kind of do like one per day, like ask you guys questions. And if you answer, we'll definitely give some of those opinions up there um, to make it a little bit more interactive. Because while we're still in the, you know, before we get really famous, obviously, we want to... <laughs> we're already pretty famous. Yeah, we, we want to we really we get connected with you guys. We want to be... We want to be one-on-one with you guys. So if you want to be in our podcast, it's not hard to do. No, it's not. <laughs> Just reply to a story or submit the voice message. If you don't want to sub- submit the voice message, you can do, you know, a reach message. us on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. Um, Gavin was on our that. last episode. Kofi was on this episode. Yeah. You want to be that person. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how much you love sports. Yeah, Gavin. We will answer a question. Just to give him an extensive shout out. Yeah. He does not know anything we'll about basketball. We'll shout him out every week we'll for the rest of our existence. Gavin gets <laughs> yeah. a shout out. And Kofi, he's a big basketball fan. We oh, talk yeah. about basketball just casually all the time. Yep. Great dude. Got great mm-hmm. opinions on basketball. We talk about it all the time. So, those are two sides of the spectrum. Either way... Leave your opinion, voice message, written message. You can respond to Ryan's story or ask a separate question. We don't have to prompt it, and we'll answer it on the podcast. And even if you don't, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, it means it. a lot to us. Share it with somebody yep. that you might uh, and tell just a loved one. Very quickly, you think Bucks or Suns tonight? The game is on. Ooh. I think the Suns will go up three to one. Okay. I you know I have strong like gut feelings that the Bucks are gonna win, but I I kind of had a little bit of so a weird, but, heart moment yeah. where I was like I think the Bucks are gonna win. No, but, but my I, mind my is my brain you, is yeah. like full Suns. But, but it'd be great if it'd be. I think we both want it to go two two. Oh yeah, so that it becomes oh a whole new series. I am totally fine being wrong because I predicted. Okay, I, I'm I, gonna change my prediction. Oh, Bucks will win tonight. Nice. Okay. By six, I would rather six. it just be a good series. They'll win by six. Okay. Bucks. Who's the, X factor? Six, Who's the X Factor to watch tonight? tonight? For everybody that's going to watch, your parents are going to say, your friends, they're going to say, yo, man, like, who, who, who's the X Factor? That's a normal question tonight, people yeah. ask. I, at the dinner table, every night. Every night, my dad <laughs> no matter was what like, sport. who's the X Factor? Who's tonight? the X Factor of the Padres-Orioles game tonight? And everybody knows the answer is some baseball player oh, you've never heard gosh. of. I don't know. But who's the X Factor tonight? Tonight is going to be, oh my goodness. Both teams. It's going to be, I think Brent Forbes is going to have an 18-point game. Okay. And Holiday is going to have a rare good game. Middleton's going to be decent. And Giannis is going to be great. I believe that the difference between a Suns win and a Suns loss, the X factor of the game, however many fouls Aiton gives in the first half. If okay. he has to be taken out of the game, the Suns will not win. Giannis okay. will capitalize. He but means he, that much. If he, he can, does. He if really he can does. stay on the floor, the Suns will win. They'll go up 3-1, and the series will end in Phoenix shortly. Wow. So, okay. have you reached the end of Pavement Sweat? You bet. That's the <laughs> end of the episode. And you didn't regret You didn't oh, watching this. You Listen, didn't regret it. Yeah. Hopefully. So, share it. Search those 2K covers, man. Tell yeah, us your opinions on those, too. Yeah. And from the bottom of our hearts, this is Trip Carrington saying thank you, Ryan. Enjoy the game tonight. Thank and, you for listening. And above all else, peace. Spread peace and love. love and, and joy. joy. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs>